Welcome to the channel of Anna Purdue. Look for the link below the podcast and make sure to upload the podcast so you can multitask while hearing the message. And you can also look for the link and um, once you open it up, you can scroll over and select your favorite platform, Apple, Spotify, or Google, and just look for the channel Anna Purdue. A huge shout out to Angela E, Jolie R, Leonard L, Jody F, and Rodney T for your donations to the channel. If you're interested in helping this channel, you can do so by clicking the donation link found on my website at annapurdue.com. Active measures were a form of political warfare conducted by the Soviet security services to influence the course of world events, in addition to collecting intelligence producing politically correct assessment of it. Active measures ranged from media manipulations to special actions involving various degrees of violence. They were used both abroad and domestically. They included disinformation, propaganda, counterfeiting, official documents, assassinations, and political repression, such as penetration in churches and persecution of political dissidents. Active measures included the establishment and support of international front organizations like World Peace Council, foreign communists, socialists, and opposition parties, wars of national liberation in the third world, and underground, revolutionary, insurgency, criminal, and terrorist groups. The intelligence agencies of Eastern Bloc states also contributed to the program, providing operatives and intelligence for assassinations and other types of covert operations. Retired KGB Major General Oleg Kaligan described active measures as heart and soul of Soviet intelligence. Not intelligence collection, but subversion. Active measures to weaken the West, to drive wedges in the Western community alliances of all sorts, particularly NATO, to sow discord among allies, to weaken the United States in the eyes of the people of Europe, Asia, Africa, Latin America, and then to prepare the ground in case the war really occurs. Active measures were a system of special courses taught in the Andropov Institute of KGB, situated at our headquarters in Yasinova, near Moscow. The head of active measures department was Yuri Modin, former controller of the Cambridge Five Spy Ring. Next are the list of operations. See if history is repeating itself in your opinion with these operations. The first, Operation Trust, was a counterintelligence operation of the state political directorate of the Soviet Union. The operation, which ran from 1921 to 1926, set up a fake anti-Bolshevik resistance organization, Monarchist Union of Central Russia, in order to help the intelligence service identify real monarchists and anti-Bolsheviks. The head of the Monarchist Union of Central Russia was Alexander Yakushev, a former bureaucrat of Ministry of Communications of Imperial Russia, who after the Russian Revolution joined the Narcomat of External Trade when the Soviets had to allow the former specialists called Spetsy to take positions of their expertise. This position allowed him to travel abroad and contact Russian immigrants. 
A monarchist union of central Russia kept the monarchist general Alexander Kutpov from active actions as he was convinced to wait for the development of internal anti-Bolshevik forces. Yeah, let's just wait it out. We've got a special military op in place that's going to take care of all of our problems. Just wait, just wait. Boom, 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 it's coming. Kutpov originally believed terrorist action was necessary to defeat the Bolsheviks and form the combat organization, a militant splinter from the Russian Armed Services Union led by General Baron Wrangel. Kupov also created the Inner Line as a counterintelligence organization to prevent Bolshevik penetrations. It caused the Cheka some problems, but obviously it was not overly successful. Among the successes of trust was the luring of Boris Savinkov and Sidney Riley into the Soviet Union to be arrested and executed. Some modern researchers say that there are reasons to believe that both persons had doubts in uh, monarchist union of central Russia, and they went into the Soviet Union for their own reasons, using monarchist union of central Russia as a pretext. The Soviets did not organize trust from scratch, however. The White Army had left sleeper agents in there, and they were also royalist Russians who did not leave after the Civil War. These people cooperated to the point of having a loose organizational structure. When the Bolshevik intelligence agencies discovered them, they didn't liquidate them, no. They just expanded the organization for their own use. Still, another episode of the operation was an illegal trip, in fact, monitored by the Bolshevik intelligence, of a notable emigre, Vasily Shulgin, into the Soviet Union. After his return, he published a book, Three Capitals, with his impressions. In the book, he wrote, in part, that contrary to his expectations, Russia was reviving. Oh, bless his heart. He really believed it. And the Bolsheviks would probably be removed from power. Hmm. We're hearing the same story today, aren't we? Yep, we're hearing. The one Western historian who had limited access to the trust files, also known as trust files, like trust the plans files, John Costello, reported that they comprised 37 volumes and were such a bewildering welter of double agents, changed code names, and interlocking deception operations with the complexity of a symphonic score that Russian historians from the intelligence service had difficulty separating fact from fantasy. In 1967, a Soviet adventure TV sequel, Operation Trust, was created. Next, we have Operation Toucan. This was a KGB, DGI public relations and disinformation campaign directed at the military government of Chile, led by Augusto Pinochet. According to former KGB officer Vasily Mitrokin, the plot was originally conceived by Yuri Andropov. 
the plot's twofold task was to organize sympathetic human rights activists to pressure the United Nations and generate negative press for the Pinochet regime. In 1976, at the start of Toucan, the New York Times published 66 articles on Chile's human rights records and four on Cambodia's Khmer regime, and only three such articles on the human rights situation in Cuba. As part of Operation Toucan, the KGB also forged a letter tying the CIA to an assassination campaign by Chile's secret police. D-I-N-A, Dinah, and many journalists. Operation Infection was a KGB disinformation campaign to spread information that the United States invented HIV-AIDS as part of a biological weapons research project at Fort Detrick, Maryland. The Soviet Union used it to undermine the United States' credibility, foster anti-Americanism, isolate America abroad, and create tensions between host countries and the U.S. over the presence of American military bases, which were often portrayed as the cause of AIDS outbreaks in local populations. According to U.S. State Department analysts, another reason the Soviet Union promoted the AIDS disinformation may have been its attempts to distract international attention away from its own offensive biological warfare program, which was monitored for decades. In addition to anthrax, the Soviets were believed to have developed tularemia, the plague, and cholera for biological warfare purposes, as well as botulinum toxin and enterotoxins and mycotoxins. An alternative explanation is that the operation may have been in retaliation for American accusations that the Soviets used chemical weapons in Southeast Asia, later dubbed the Yellow Rain Incident. However, my personal opinion is there is a bit of truth in all the stories. The question is how much. I, Anna Perdue, am more convinced that these bioweapons have been an ongoing spawn from the demonic elite global controllers for a long time, including at Fort Dietrich. If my suspicion is correct, It is plausible that each country would be pointing their fingers at one another erroneously. The U.S. Army Field Manual 30-31B is an alleged classified appendix to a U.S. Army Field Manual that describes top-secret counterinsurgency tactics. In particular, it identifies a strategy of tension involving violent attacks, which are then blamed on radical left-wing groups in order to convince allied governments of the need for counteraction. It has been called the Westmoreland Field Manual because it is signed with the alleged signature of General William Westmoreland. Today, the violent attacks are staged to be blamed on right-wing groups. Of course, the U.S. government describes the documentary as a forgery. The next questionable operation is Operation Neptune. In 1964, as part of Operation Neptune, the Czech intelligence apparatus publicly claimed to have discovered Nazi-era intelligence files hidden beneath the surface of Black Lake. The claim was false. It was a Soviet deception operation. 
It was the largest disinformation operation of the Czech intelligence apparatus. In 1964, at the bottom of Devil's Lake in the Sumava, as if by chance, were found boxes of secret documents that were stored since World War II. These papers were to serve as proof that in the West, among the dignitaries, was a lot of informants by the Gestapo and war criminals. The supposed find was alleged to reveal the names of a large number of spies controlled by the Nazi Germany and Eastern Europe. Fearing that portions of their intelligence network might be compromised, the West Germans were forced to cease working with agents they inherited from the Nazi regime. At the time, they even managed to worsen relations between Germany and Italy, as had been published the names of people who lived in Germany during the war worked against Italy. Operation Prober KGB Commander Anthony Tossable Courtney was a British Royal Navy officer and politician. While a member of Parliament, he was a victim of a plot apparently instituted by the KGB to discredit him, which appeared to contribute to the loss of his seat. He was a leading member of the Conservative Monday Club. Operation Berezina was a secret deception operation performed by the Russian Soviet Socialist Police Force against the Nazi secret services in August from 1944 to May 1945. It was proposed by Joseph Stalin, drafted by Mikhail Makhlarsky, and executed by Pavel Sudoplatov and his Russian Soviet Socialist Police Force subordinates assisted by ethnic German anti-fascists and communists. The main objective of Operation Berezino was to create an illusion of a large German armed group operating behind the front line in Russian-held territory and to deplete Nazi intelligence resources through capture and extermination of their field operatives sent to assist these non-existent troops. The Russian Soviet Socialist Police Force set up a fake German resistance pocket under command of Lieutenant Colonel Heinrich Schurhorn, a real German prisoner of war forced to cooperate with the Soviets. The German response, Otto Skorzeny's Operation Freischutz, developed according to Soviet expectations. The German commandos sent by Skorzeny were routinely arrested and forced to take part in the Soviet-controlled information from the turned agent. Hmm, this is very reminiscent of January 6th and the D.C. Gitmo prisoners, isn't it? German support gradually faded, but the German command maintained radio contact with Group Schurhorn until May 1945. The Tagetsev Conspiracy, or the case of Petrograd Military Organization, was a non-existent, monarchist conspiracy fabricated by the Soviet secret police in 1921 to terrorize intellectuals who might be in a potential opposition to the Bolshevik regime. More than 800 people, mostly from scientific and artistic communities in Petrograd, now known as St. Petersburg, were arrested on false terrorism charges. 98 were executed without trial, and many were sent to concentration camps, very much like the prisoners at D.C. Gitmo. 
The case was named after Vladimir Tagantsev, a geographer and member of Russian Academy of Sciences who was tortured and tricked into giving hundreds of names of people who criticized the Bolshevik regime. The case was manufactured by Yakov Agronov, who later became one of the chief organizers of Stalinist show trials and the Great Purge. Isn't there a movie titled The Purge? Are certain followers of a certain letter being set up by the opposition and having their names logged as Kamala Harris proposed to be included in a modern-day purge? The Thing, also known as the Great Seal Bug, was one of the first covert listening devices or bugs to use passive techniques to transmit an audio signal, sort of like Starlink is today. Because it was passive, being energized and activated by electromagnetic energy from an outside source, it is considered a predecessor of current RFID technology. Who's Who in CIA is a book written by the East German journalist Julius Mader, also known as Thomas Bergner, and published in East Berlin in 1968 under Stasi auspices and probably with KGB assistance. Mader was a writer employed by the East German military publishing house and apparently had access to some information on CIA officers that was not publicly available. The book purported to identify about 3,000 active agents of the U.S. Central Intelligence Agency. It was modeled after other who's who guides. CIA station chief Richard Welch was assassinated in Greece in 1975 by the Marxist Revolutionary Organization on the 17th of November. Welch had previously been outed as a CIA operative in Who's Who in CIA, and his assassination eventually led to the Intelligence Identities Protection Act. Finally, I will leave you with this. From PSYOP to Mind War Sometime in the late 1980s, then-Colonel Paul Vallely, commander of the 7th Psychological Operations Group, and then-Major Michael Aquino, PSYOP research and analyst team leader, authored a paper titled From PSYOP to Mind War, The Psychology of Victory which discusses the necessity to wage perpetual psychological warfare against friend and enemy populations alike and even against the American people. Mind war must be strategic in emphasis with tactical applications playing a reinforcing supplementary role. In its strategic context, mind war must reach out to friends, enemies, and neutrals alike across the globe through the media possessed by the United States, which have the capabilities to reach virtually all people on the face of the earth. State-of-the-art developments in satellite communication, video recording techniques, and laser and optical transmission of broadcast make possible a penetration of the minds of the world, such as would have been inconceivable just a few years ago. (sighs) That's terrible. Then Michael Aquino goes on to write this. 
Like the sword of Excalibur, we have but to reach out and seize this tool, and it can transform the world for us if we have the courage and integrity to enhance civilization with it. If we do not accept Excalibur, then we relinquish our ability to inspire foreign cultures with our morality. Are you kidding me? (laughs) If they can then desire moralities unsatisfactory to us, we have no choice but to fight them on a more brutish level. In case you don't already know, Michael Aquino is the founder of the Church of Set the most prolific serial killer of all time, the figure in black, is said to have been funded by the CIA, allowing the finder's child-snatching call to operate with total immunity for over 30 years. The Presidio scandal he is connected to as well is the worst case of child abuse ever. The figure in black has a real name. It is Michael Aquino. As the story goes, a Satan-thumping Vietnam veteran and MK Ultra programmer for the CIA was the person who was in charge of not only the finders, but also terrorized kids at his home with the help of his wife, Lilith Aquino, while operating his own demonic church called the Temple of Set. Prior to starting his own place of satanic worship, Worship in 1975, Aquino was the number two man over the Church of Satan, headed up by the late Anton LaVey. He is now believed to be secretly in charge of the NSA, and he has become the number one most powerful man in America. The monkey in the suit people call their sitting president is nothing more than a puppet. How can such a thing be possible? An avowed Satanist reaches the highest level of power in the U.S. government, beats a major pedophile rap, and is currently at the top of the National Spy Agency calling the shots. RandyRocketCody.com reveals that Michael Aquino's father was part of Operation Paperclip, a top-secret U.S. government program with the CIA conducted to allow Nazi war criminals entrance into America after World War II without any prosecution for having executed innocent people. Believe it or not, Michael's mother's name was Betty Ford, not to be confused with the famous former first lady. And she is said to have even hung out with Hitler once. It's being claimed by researchers that she was actually related to Henry Ford. Did you know that Mr. Ford was in bed with the Nazis? He secretly aided Hitler's military efforts during World War II. The kicker is Mr. Ford was even awarded the most prestigious honor given out by Germany to any foreigner and to this day is the only American who got this award. The award Hitler gave Ford was the Grand Cross of the German Eagle. Randy Rocket Cody believes Aquino is the Zodiac Killer. The Zodiac Killer is the pseudonym of a serial killer who operated in Northern California in the late 1960s. The case has been described as the most famous unsolved murder case in American history. Bad men, like Michael Aquino, know how to cover their tracks, and that's what this blogger believes happened. 
the entire Zodiac Killer killing spree was nothing more than a well-planned-out MK Ultra false flag, something Aquino is legendary for carrying out while serving in Vietnam. The blogger Randy Rocket Cody asserts that Michael Aquino was at the helm of MK Ultra operations in the U.S. when the Manson murders went down at around the same time. After Sharon Tate was killed by the CIA-funded Manson family trained out of Wonderland facility in Laurel Canyon, where Aquino did programming for MKUltra victims, it's said that legendary Hollywood actors Warren Beatty and Jack Nicholson went to her home before the cops could in order to remove a black book. There seems to be a running theme with black books, the Hollywood elite, and pedophiles who murder children. Randy Rocket Cody was able to connect Chris Cornell's murder to Jeffrey Epstein's black book and the black book Delilah murders of 1947, where LAPD came into possession of the victim Elizabeth Short's black book that purportedly could identify powerful people who are part of a human trafficking ring she was involved with, working as a lure for snatching up unsuspecting young victims, much like Ghislaine Maxwell was doing with Jeffrey Epstein. The Zodiac killed victims between December 1968 and October 1969. Oddly enough, December, July, and October are the three most popular months for ritual killings on the Satanic calendar. Michael Aquino easily had the capability to strike in any of these regions of California at that time. He was never questioned in the case which is very telling. <laughs>